Hello and welcome to Bringing Education Home. I'm Herb. And I'm Christina. Together we're bringing you ideas about education, entrepreneurship, and relationships that are both inside and outside the box. If you like the show, be sure to follow Christina on Facebook and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Today is a very special episode. It is only number 10. Uh Uh-oh. You want me to take over? (laughs) No, I got this. Uh, Yeah, I'm emotional because this is special to us. Um, The guest that we have today not only is a veteran, and we're recording this on Veterans Day, so thank you very, very much. Mm -hmm. But also this gentleman has brought education and relationship healing and saving to our family. And we are Mm -hmm. so proud and happy to have Matthew Wiz Buckley right here with us today. Thanks, Wiz, for joining us. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. I am thrilled. That makes my heart smile. Thank you for having me so much. It's a God moment. God winks, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So so the little emotional bit here is um, last year during one of your podcasts or one of your She's part of your your top gun briefing, and in the morning, she's an incredible summer. trader and investor. By the way, let's just get that out of the way. She is a five hundred pound head. She makes Gordon Gecko look bad. <laughs> well, yeah. thank you very much. It is a hobby right now, but I'm hoping to keep growing it. <laughs> Good, awesome. Well, anyway, in the middle of last summer, um, your tone of voice in your broadcast and your in your morning message changed, and she heard you and and you started talking about ibogaine and mm-hmm. i been having issues for a lot of years with some traumatic brain injuries and i was kind of reaching the end of of where i wanted to be i i didn't want to keep going anymore mm-hmm. um and i'd i'd gone the whole route of trying so many different psychedelics because i'd heard that um that they were good for the depression and the stuff that i was going through but none of it was really touching me mm-hmm. um so when you came back with with what you did and she's like, hey, you're going to go do Ibogaine in about three weeks. And, <laughs> surprise. And it is. Yeah. Surprise. Because it's like when I first started exploring the psychedelic world, um, she was very nervous about it very. and very hesitant. But mm-hmm. the, I was making little improvements along the way. And then after your talk, she's like, what really is this? And she set me up. And when I was exploring, it was funny because Ibogaine was like, I'm not going to do Ibogaine. Yeah. Because right? yeah. I, I read the descriptions. I read, it's like, I'll do everything else, just not. But, yeah. <laughs> and then she comes up out of the blue after all these other things I tried that she was nervous about. She goes, oh, hey, you're going to go do this one that you don't want to do. The, the exact like, okay. opposite of what you want to do. Yes. And so, so she's a little emotional because after that, um, I did have a moment that, that, saved my life that gave me the space to continue to yep. move forward and mm. laid the groundwork for some transitions that that happened later so i i owe wow. personally i owe so much to you because you got to my wife at the right time Aww. and and also for the years of of the laughter in the morning and the- <laughs> i am so eternally grateful just mm. just for for that Oh, Herb, I, I appreciate that, man. It ain't me. It's it's God, it's source, it's truth, it's divine. So it uh which which works through all of us. So it wasn't me. It, it was him, her, it. And uh I'm I'm just that vehicle. And by talking on your podcast today, you all uh, are the vehicle as well, right? we we all uh, our mission objective is to put the ladder down uh for each other. Uh so I'm I'm honored. Uh you you flatter me with that, but it's uh, I give it all up, man. I give it up to the Holy spirit and, and, and God. 
Exactly. And so something I was going to say near the beginning of the show is this show is a little bit different because not only is it a thank you show for Wiz, but also a way for him to talk about his foundation, the No Fallen Heroes Foundation and all the great work he's doing with his group and his investors and the people around him for our veterans. So I'm basically gonna turn it over to Wiz for a little while and let you talk about as much of your journey as you want, what you wanna talk about about the foundation and how people can help. And we might interject a few things. Actually, actually, I'm gonna interject yeah. a little here um let's go back into your story a little bit oh. first and and tell people who you are and what you do besides just being a veteran a little background and, and an awesome trader an awesome trader <laughs> and and i appreciate that move into yeah. into where you're going so yeah you bet uh, again thanks for having me the uh it, the the abbrevi- abbreviated version was is uh former navy uh, fighter pilot, uh, flew the F-18 Hornet for the Navy for about uh, 15 years, uh, graduated from the Navy Fighter Weapons School, which uh, some of you know is Top Gun, right, with Maverick coming out, uh, where I was actually a bad guy pilot. So uh, at Top Gun, there's a couple different courses. There's like the really big course that's really hard. And then there's because you want to be the best good guy or good girl that you can. Well, you got to go against bad guys, right? So at Top Gun, they actually have what's called the adversary course. So I went through the course where I studied all of our bad guy tactics from manuals that we got from them somehow. Uh, Alphabet agencies go out and steal this stuff. So I was actually a bad guy at Top Gun. If you, uh, you know, watching the movie and stuff like that. I did uh, two deployments when I was in the Navy on board uh, Abraham Lincoln and the Kitty Hawk. Uh, so I deployed over to uh, the Gulf a couple times in support of Operation Southern Watch. Flew some combat sorties, but uh, the the word combat isn't even close. I mean, the scariest part of my, quote, combat sorties uh, was landing back aboard the ship at night in bad weather, low on <laughs> fuel, uh, you know, over flying over southern Iraq. It's more dangerous flying over Los Angeles airspace than uh, Iraq when I was there. Um, <clears throat> but uh you know, had a lot of losses. Uh, I didn't, you know, in, in my 15 years of flying fighters, uh, about 16 uh, aviators that I knew uh, just gone. Not one combat loss. Those were all peacetime, mechanical, stupidity, just awful. So a lot of a lot of loss. I mean, before I deployed on the Abraham Lincoln for the first time, uh, you actually have to get ready to deploy. You just don't all meet on the carrier one day and go over to the Gulf. You got to train together as what's called an air wing. So all the, you know, you go up to Fallon, Nevada in the middle of nowhere and, you know, drop bombs and, you know, make big rocks into little rocks. Uh, And then you go back out on the boat, learn how to operate off the boat as an air wing, then back up to Fallon in case you forgot how to bomb. So it's really, you're, you're gone almost more getting ready to be gone than being gone. Right. Uh, and during it's called workups during workups, we lost eight air crew, uh, before we even left, uh, started sailing West out of, uh, California. So it was brutal. It was a, it was a tough time. And, uh, you know, as an aviator, you're taught to compartmentalize, you're taught to, uh, you gotta, you know, you gotta put everything aside and focus solely on the mission. So the same thing when, you know, I, I endure these losses, Along the way, uh, some suicides, right? I, I lost three of my uh, good friends, fighter pilots to suicide. One was a groomsman at my wedding. He and wow. I went through flight, flight school together and, uh, you know, beautiful bride, five kids and put a bullet in his head. So just a lot of, you know, a lot of trauma along the way. And, you know, before I went in the military, 
I sir, uh, I, uh, you know, was an altar boy. We were that typical Irish Catholic family from South Philadelphia, South Jersey. You know, you didn't get more Catholic than me. I was, you know, altar boy doing three services on Sunday, all boys, Catholic high school, all that type of stuff. And, uh, my older brother and my two sisters were going to school at Villanova University outside of Philadelphia, another Catholic university. And uh, my sister Monica was killed by a drunk driver. And uh, so that was devastating. You know, I was entering high school when uh, when she was killed, which is a tough time for a kid anyway, you know, going in high school, let alone losing your sister and losing uh, your parents. I mean, my dad, my dad died years later of a broken heart. So a lot of, you know, trauma before the military and then you, you get the trauma in the military so when i got out uh and you know we started uh in the background a lot of my buddies in the fighter squadron you know they're talking sports or you know drinking coffee or just shooting the shit in the ready room and uh i was always interested in finance i just you know i'd be reading the wall street journal because you don't join the military to get rich clearly uh yep. you join the join the military to serve your country so I was always interested in trading and I kind of caught myself, taught myself how to trade in the background. And I just kind of applied everything I was learning as a fighter pilot to my trading, you know, having a strategy, implementing uh, tactics, contingency planning, managing risk, uh, all those type of things, because, you know, trading is a form of combat. When you think about it, somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. And in being a fighter pilot, if you lose, you don't get to go home that night. So that that same type of mentality, I'm like, well, why would I trade like this? And it worked incredibly well. So I eventually popped up on the radar of a, a really large volatility arbitrage options trading firm in Chicago. And they said, hey, man, you know, why don't you come up and do what you do? And I'm like, multi-billion dollar firm. I'm like, oh, you guys are the smart money. I'm kind of an idiot. Uh, why would you want me? Well, I, I kind of found out after a couple of years up in Chicago and Wall Street that the smart money ain't that smart. Mm -hmm. And they kind of they, they put their pants on one leg at a time, just like we do. So there, there's, there's really nothing special uh, about investing or trading. You just got to kind of think or use your brain a little bit, which seems to be a skill that's out of out of use uh, a lot of times. Mm -hmm. So I went up to Chicago, had a blast in Chicago. I was still flying fighters in the reserves down in Fort Worth. Um, and, uh, no offense to anybody from Chicago. I just, uh, you know, I, I, we lived out in Naperville, Naperville out in the suburbs and I'd take the train in and walk from the, you know, the train station union station to the board of trade. And it is in May and September. It's beautiful. <laughs> the other nine months, it's a survival situation, right? Walking from the board of trade in February is just, it's awful. So my wife, uh, Susie's from Boca Raton. I had dragged her around to some pretty bad Navy bases in our marriage, and I had always promised to get her home. So after about three years in Chicago, I'm like, you know what? I can do this on my own. Uh, so moved down here to South Florida and started Topkin Options 2009-ish and uh, just teaching teaching people uh, how to trade. Uh, along the way, uh, in 2020, you know, God takes care of fools, drunks, and sailors. Uh, so I was kind of covered on all three of those bases. But, you know, as Christina can uh, attest to, <clears throat> you know, I, it, it's good to have uh, contacts, right? I, a lot of contacts of buddies that are high ranking in the military in Washington and hedge funds. So got a good Rolodex of friends and, and folks. That's why you never burn bridges, right? You always, always smile and be nice to people. Uh, Cause at the, you know, the fall of 2020, I started talking to a buddy of mine up in the up North in a little white building in, in Washington. And he's like, bro, this thing in, uh, 
this thing in China, this flu, this thing escaped from a, a level four weapons facility, dude, and it's going to devastate the planet. I'm like, what? Same time that Donald Trump, love him or hate him, was sitting in Davos, Switzerland, January 22nd. Never forget the interview. You know, Joe Kiernan from CNBC, kind of a throwaway question at the end of the interview. He's like, Mr. <coughs> you know, what, what about this uh, flu thing from China? And he it's classic Trump, man. He's like, that's a dumb question. Why are you even asking me? I trust you. Good dude. Great backswing. Yeah, it's a dumb question. Move on. I'm like, oh, my God. I looked into this camera and I'm like, get out. Buy puts on the S&P 500. Get long volatility. This thing's going to implode. So speaking about the smart money, remember the whole smart money as the COVID crash happened? Ah, oh, this is the bottom I'd buy here. Even the president. I took a screenshot of a couple of the tweets he ended up deleting. Like, oh, stocks look good here. 3,000 points down the next day. We destroyed it. We absolutely, uh, I hate using this term, but I'm going to use it. We printed money. I mean, we literally turned uh, little old ladies in tennis shoes into millionaires. This was, and the smart money got it completely wrong. I bring that up because it was filthy money. It was insane. Mm -hmm. It'll be easier for a, uh, you know, a camel to pass through an eye of the needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And my dad always told me that he's like, Matthew, you can't take it with you, son. They don't put it in your coffin. You're not a Pharaoh. So after just obscene amounts of money, I'm like, you know what, man, based on my buddies and everything that's going on at the time, the, the metric was 22 veterans a day were killing themselves. 22 veterans. And this is in 2020. So what happened after 2020? The biggest surrender of, of the United States military in our history, I believe, in Afghanistan and then COVID. Yeah. Right. And then the VA hospitals essentially turned into civil war hospitals, man. The VA, the veterans hospitals got destroyed. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, 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 was, it made me furious. It broke my heart. The fact that one veteran uh, approximately per hour was killing themselves. I'm like, I'm done. So I started the Top Gun Fighter Foundation with the mission of trying to stop veteran suicide at the time. Didn't know what to do. I'm like, I don't know. Is it jobs? Is it what, what can I do? God, you know, guide me. Well, and, yeah. uh, you know, around that time, I bumped into a, a Navy SEAL uh, who had done who was on death's door and his wife was getting ready to leave him. He was suicidal. And uh, the wife had actually done some research about this, you know, entheogenic medicine down yeah. in Mexico. And on uh, Veterans Day, uh, 2017, I believe it was. So there you go. Here's their anniversary. She That's put right. him, yeah, she put him on an airplane down to Mexico. Uh, and uh, when he got back, she said when I when he walked out of the terminal, she's like, I got my husband back. I saw it. So there you go. Exactly. You know, we're all we're amongst friends, so we know that of which we speak. Yeah. So <clears throat> met them in Dallas, and I just threw. A ton of money at him. I'm like, I don't, I don't even know what this stuff is, but you know, and he had shown me Marcus uh, uh, Capone had shown me his like brain scans on his cell phone. He's like, this is me at the VA. And it was dark. It was black. It was gray. And he's like, this is me three months after doing this medicine in Mexico. And it was white. And he was like, dude, I was on 12 meds at the VA, like four to get up a couple at lunch, these to go to bed haven't taken anything it's completely changed my life i'm like oh my god are you kidding me right no nah, man so fast forward to you know a year and a half ago during boca raton i met him at dinner where i'm going to dinner tonight what a god moment uh new york prime in boca because his mom lives here and uh gave him a nice check 
And they were just, they were, they were, they had tears in their eyes. They're like, thank you so much. This really helps. And then they, they look at each other and they're like, Hey, what are you doing in a couple of weeks? And I'm like, nothing. They're like, we got a pretty eclectic group going to do the medicine. We think you should go. And thank God it was only a couple of weeks because if I had like a ton of time to do the research, I probably, <laughs> no, I, yeah, I still, I, I mean, I still would have gone, but I would have been far more freaked the hell out than I was, you know, this. So it ended up that this eclectic group, one of them was Marcus Luttrell, which everybody should know is the lone survivor, right? Marcus Luttrell wrote the book Lone Survivor, obviously the movie with Mark Wahlberg in it, you know, his SEAL team in New Afghanistan. He's the only dude that lived. Uh, his his leader, Mike Murphy, was awarded the uh, Medal of Honor uh, for that mission. And uh, Marcus was uh, received the Navy Cross, just an incredible human being. So yeah. Marcus and then Jared Taylor, uh, everybody on this podcast should. Uh, yeah. Black, <laughs> Black Rifle Coffee, man. Jared Taylor is uh, just an incredible American human being. And then we had another Navy SEAL. And then the uh, fifth guy that rounded out our A team uh, was an NFL player, uh, four year All American at Iowa, eight years, some Patriots, mainly the Raiders. Uh, wow. And uh, we all met in, in San Diego and drove down to the Mission Within, which is where we did the medicine. I actually drove down with the NFL guy, and uh, he looked like death. Uh-huh. I mean, just horrific CTE. The guy uh-huh. just looked, you know, I'll never forget that. A year ago today, we were in San Diego at the Vets Gala, uh-huh. and uh, Susie and I are walking around, and I, I, this guy kind of grabs me. He's like, Wiz, what are you doing? I walked right past him. He... Uh-huh completely is it looks like a different I, I didn't even recognize him yeah. he is a completely different human being so went down to Mexico uh, with Marcus uh, uh, JT and, and the two other guys and did ibogaine uh, and for those that uh, aren't familiar uh, so iboga is a root in Gabon Africa and if you you know you read the immortality key or you just do a little research on iboga, I mean they found iboga residue and chalices from thousands of years before Christ uh, walked this planet. So iboga is a root. They actually believe it's the tree of knowledge. It's like the Garden of Eden right. type of thing. So iboga is a root, uh, and you can do the root, but in the West it's like it's pretty brutal to eat. It's like eating dirt. Uh, and it's also got 15 alkaloids in it, right? And it's a two, three day journey, man. It is, it is. So for, for, for the, it's yeah, right. it's pretty intense for the uninitiated. The way I describe this to folks is it, most people have heard of psilocybin. Congrats to Colorado, second state in the union to legalize ibogaine, uh, psilocybin and all that stuff. So psilocybin, ayahuasca, MDMA, mescaline. I call those mom and dad, mom and dad, love you, mom and dad care about you. Ibogaine, Iboga is granddad master. Yeah, Granddad loves you, but he's going to beat the shit out of you if you need it. Right. It is the most powerful psychedelic on the planet. That's so Iboga, 15 alkaloids, Ibogaine, they actually take out one of the alkaloids and we, and that's what makes Ibogaine. So uh, the ibogaine experience I had I was about 14, 16 hours, mm-hmm. and it was without a doubt uh, the most spiritual experience uh, of my entire existence. 50, 
52 years of shame, regret, trauma, depression, anxiety, fear, uh, alcohol, drugs, disintegrated. Uh, old me. I, I, I kind of use old me and new me terminology. Well, there, there, there really wasn't a, an old me. It, there was, there's always just a me, right? Just this soul. But 52 years of all that crap right. was literally gone. It melted away and old me died on the floor of a house in, in, on a bed in Mexico. That guy just does not uh, exist anymore. Um, the most in- there for a second though. Yeah. As, uh, a lot of this gets out there. A lot of people are like, oh, cool. Something I can go try, but I want to make sure we point out that this is something that was done with counseling or coaching ahead of time. It was mm-hmm. a place that was safe and secure with medical around is not something to play with, but something that's very, very powerful. And especially helpful. Ibogaine, especially yeah. Ibogaine. Folks, this is not so. Let, yeah, that's a great point, Christine. Let's get a couple disclaimers out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the medicine is not for everybody, yeah. period. You can heal meditation, yoga, uh, you know, mindfulness. You can climb to the top of a mountain in Nepal. You can go sit on the beach. Healing is, uh, there's so many different modalities to be able to heal. This is not to be taken lightly, and it is not for everyone. So Christine's got a, a, a great point. There is, this is a formal process. This ain't, hey, we're going to go take some drugs in Mexico with some Navy SEALs. Uh-uh. There's a complete medical screening. Uh, there's a blood test. You, you you do an interview with the doctor who runs the place. You do an hour intake with the nurse. They step you down off medications. When you get there, they do an EKG. They do a drug t- and alcohol test. So if you're if you if you are showing up with any drugs or alcohol, you you're not you can't do the medicine that weekend. Right. You're hooked up to an EKG during the ibogaine journey. There are two nurses there the entire night holding space. There's a cardiologist downstairs. They, there's an ALS in the driveway, and at the mission within one of the bedrooms is actually like an ER room just in case. All of that is precautionary, right? So I, I'd say it's half. Uh, medical and it's half spiritual because at least the mission within space it's it, it came out of central casting in hollywood the, the 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 mansion the stories overlooking the pacific so it's a great point and you leading up gorgeous it's absolutely breathtaking leading up to your medicine journey you do at least two briefs with your counselor mm-hmm. who's going to kind of answer all your questions and give you a, hey here's what to expect but also to help you come up with your intentions Right. Uh, I had to have at least five intentions for the medicine, right? What, what, why am I doing this? What are my intentions? And then also five questions mm-hmm. for the medicine, exactly. right? Uh, so it's a formal briefing process. I, the second time I did the medicine, I treated that with the seriousness of a combat mission, mm-hmm. the briefing, the planning, the uh, stepping my, you know, not eating meat, no alcohol. I mean, it's a, this is a serious endeavor after the medicine to your point. There was a minimum of four integration calls with my coach because, uh, and I didn't believe this, but I believe it now because the day after my Ibogaine journey, which we can talk about, I remember going downstairs going, I am completely healed. I am a new man, (laughs) you know, and Doc and and, video like that. Exactly. (laughs) I'm a new guy, man. And Doc and Cynthia were nice. They were like, hey, okay, Wiz, but. Mm-hmm. About 5% is here. Yes. 95% is the integration. 
And yeah. I'm like, ah, that doesn't make sense. I feel great. They were right. That's a pretty good ratio. The, the, the I, I thought I got a million percent down there. The integration is where you really make your money because as, as we'll talk about, it's not easy, folks. This is not easy. This is not a magic pill. This is this is gonna this is gonna shine the most powerful spotlight on everything in your life. Um, and it's you know, uh, if there's any darkness that I learned uh, about, it, there isn't. When you lean into it, you look at that darkness or you confront it, it's only light, right? So right. people are like, oh, I heard somebody had bad or that. I'm like, this is why you need proper coaching and counseling yep. and proper, you know, a, a proper brief. So when you're in it, you know how to, to handle things, right? The, the two biggest things that we talk about with entheogenic medicine are set and setting. Yes. What's your mindset? And where are you? Right. Cause I, you know, people are like, Oh, I tried mushrooms at a dead concert and it sucked. I'm like, okay, man, there's so, <laughs> there's so much wrong with that statement. You know, uh, of course you did. You had the wrong mindset and the setting was uh, bad. So this is, it, it, it is, it is completely serious and, and not to be taken lightly. So I, I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I would actually like to step in here for a moment. Yeah, absolutely. I actually, when I went, I went through a different, um, facility i went through nouvelle v yeah you went with trevor right yeah. with trevor and yeah. um they recommended a counselor and i i had done like i said psychic or entheogenic medicine for three or four years trying to work on myself um mm -hmm. when i did ibogaine they recommended a counselor and mm -hmm. i got a lady named cynthia and after yeah. so i hadn't heard you talk She's so a much gift yeah. So I, I met Cynthia and I, she was my coach. And after I went through the ceremony and came back, I heard you talking and it's like, wow, he sounds just like Cynthia. <laughs> um, uh, so at, at the end of my journey and talking with Cynthia, she's like, you have this so much under control already. She recommended that I actually go to where she became a coach and, oh, wow. and in June, I actually graduated from being true to you. So now I am also an entheogenic and yeah, man. Type of spiritual coach. So I actually get to, to do to start helping the people. coaching for people. Wow. So it made such an impact on me that mm -hmm. I, I've moved my whole, I'm moving into coaching now yep. and I'm moving into entheogenic work and I'm going to start putting retreats and stuff together. He's ready to take clients. And, on. I'm, and I'm really trying wow. to veterans as well, because mm -hmm. Um, one, mm. I've actually gone through two Ibogaine journeys and I actually got to meet Marcus, um, Marcus Capone and Amber. Yeah. And absolutely amazing. Beautiful, beautiful people. Just so great Americans. Yeah. So everything you said, I cannot, cannot possibly agree more with. <laughs> what you said. Um, yeah. and Cynthia is just an absolute treasure. The, the way she can just bring. Yeah bring you to where you need to be. So Cynthia is a gift from God. She is just an incredible woman, so loving and caring uh, and compassionate and her insight into a lot of things. Right. Uh, and a good counselor uh, doesn't necessarily guide, right. Listens or they question. Like yeah. it, it, if I had questions or would ask her a question, it was almost kind of like playing racquetball. 
it would come back at me and then I'd find the answer. So she's, she turned me on to sitting right over there in my office, a, a course in miracles. I listen to a course in miracles every day. I've read the book. I think I've run out of highlighter because it's yeah. just, it's an incredible, because a lot of the things that I experienced on my journey, uh, both journeys, Cynthia's like, that's in a course of miracles here. That's in a course of miracles there. And, wow. and I, uh, yeah, she, she's mapped it out. So that that's awesome. Herb. So if, if anybody listening is interested, there you go. There's a, a potential wingman, uh, right there or a flight lead for you. So this is great. Susie's actually doing, uh, that she was doing that today. One of, one of her three hour lectures. So she's going through, uh, being true to you certification as well. She so she wants to, yeah, she's doing. I think she was. Yeah. Have you heard it all? Because th- those lectures are some of the most dense, wow. impact. Yeah. Holy cow! It's a I, lot. I, I had to listen to each lecture like four or five times. Just correct. Because yeah. I would get, I would like, they would say something in my mind and go boom, and it like pull me off. And then mm-hmm. it'd be like 15, 20 minutes later, I'd have to rewrind the lecture because I realized I hadn't been listening. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, the being true to you, the coaching program, absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal. So folks, let, let's stop real quick because this is a God moment, right? There's yeah. no way in hell five years ago, I think I'd be sitting on a podcast talking about psychedelic assisted therapy. Correct. <laughs> I'd kick my own ass or you you all talking about helping people or anything like this. So this is definitely a God moment. And I talk about this often that there's kind of two, two lines on a chart that are one worries me and one makes me happy. One line is just this country and this world kind of going down. Right. The other is the line at the bottom that's going up. And it's this. It's the rise of this knowledge. It's the rise of the ability to heal. Because, you know, I just got back, you know, doing my podcast with Bart, James Bartoloni, one of the guys in the No Fallen Heroes documentary. And, you know, years ago, guys like Bart and I, knuckle dragging meat eater killers. That's what we were. That's boom. You give me a a hornet. I'll put a bomb through a window and take out a bunch of bad guys and kill them. Now I I see the, just the absolute folly, the, the, the futility of war of killing. Now don't get me wrong. You break into my house or, I mean, it, you know, it's kind of the, whatever that, uh, yeah, I've seen on the internet. It's called the quiet man. I mean, kind of a John Rambo, like now I'm, I'm peace and loving and everything. Like you get me to a point that it'll be, you bring the old whiz back. It, it ain't, I ain't going to stop, but the new me, my God, man, it, it makes no sense. I can see past these shells, whether it's color, whether it's sex, whether it's flag or border that we are all one man. Yeah. We're, the all, medicine. We're, all the same, we're all the same part of God. We're all, we're yeah. all the thing and and to just kill somebody because that that yeah that makes no sense i point there are there are people who get so out of control and come into that there's something not there they need help somehow you can help them that's better but yeah i I don't know it's kind of tricky it is well and and it's interesting because i've completely flipped in a lot of things in my life for example i would have volunteered to go up to the state prison in Florida to execute people like Ted Bundy. I would have like, Hey man, can you, can we have a lottery? I want to, I want to shoot the guy or something like that. Now I look at, you know, whether it's Jeffrey Dahmer or, or Vladimir Putin or the Pope, we were all, we're fucking cosmic dust. All of us are cosmic dust that God put together in a perfect little thing that made us, we're all the same. Mm-hmm. Now what happened after you were born all this ego and life and stuff. I mean, all the layers that got put on you 
but that soul, that, that soul still exists. And that soul is what we all are. And on, especially on my five MEO, I got to experience that. Right. So the old me of, you know, oh man, you know, I, I support the death penalty or I'll, you know, lock them up forever. New me is, has absolute compassion. You know, I, you know, I get off on the I-95 exit ramp and the guy's sitting there homeless or begging for food. I'm like, I am him. I am that guy there, but for the grace of God, go I, that's me. How, how am I sitting in, in my Porsche and this dude's uh, homeless? I got to help that dude. So I, it's completely shifted uh, who I was as a human being. And I couldn't be more uh, happy about that. I remember uh, after doing the medicine the first time, I was sitting with uh, Daniel Carcillo, you know, the, the Stanley Cup champ uh, from the Blackhawks, two-time Stanley Cup champ. What a great story right there. The guy, you know, his best friend on the Blackhawks, Steve Montador, uh, you know, 16, 17 con concussions and the team doctors in the NHL were like, dad, ah, they're fine. Here's some Motrin. Get back out there. And the guy died in his sleep one night. They did an autopsy and they opened up his head. And the, I mean, he was dead. He was dead years ago. Um, and Daniel's like, um, let me go check myself out. So I think he went to some brain center in Orlando and they're like, yeah, dude, you're like, you know, you have an egg for a head. If you get hit one more time, it's you're going to die. And he's like, whoa. So he's actually started, you know, he's he's using MDMA or trying to get it legal to use MDMA for traumatic brain injury, which obviously resonates with me as a veteran and, you know, uh, explosives and all that stuff and the traumatic brain injury and CTE. Um, but I bring that up because Daniel and I were sitting on the beach. Uh, and of course, since he's a Stanley Cup champ and my two boys play hockey and Susie loves hockey. They're like, Hey, hey, we're going to pretend to like bump into you on the beach. You know, I'm like, he's a cool dude. Come hang out with us. And they're like, Oh, so Daniel and I are talking. And then Susie and the, all the kids come up. They're like, Oh, Hey, we didn't know you're here. I'm like, okay, sit down. So we're all, we're all talking. And uh, Daniel, you know, we're still talking about the medicine and cause he had done ayahuasca down in Peru, but uh, we're talking, we're talking, we're talking. And the, and Susie and the kids are sitting right there and he stops talking to me. And he looks at them and he goes, have you seen a difference out of your dad? And old me was still alive for a second because in that, in the time it took for that question to go to them, I was terrified. I'm like, Oh my God, you know, what are they going to say? And then nobody said anything and they were all looking at me uh -huh. and I'm like, Oh my God. And then leave it to my, my beautiful princess Keely. She finally was the one who spoke up and she said, he's better. Uh -huh. And I, I just started crying. I'm like, Oh my God. I had a, a, a twinge of regret that, Oh my God, was I just such an, and that I'm like, stop. There is no yesterday. There ain't no old you. There's you right now sitting here with your family. They're really such a monster for all those years that they're scared to say something. Exactly. I was like, I was horrified, but the fact that she's like, he's better. It just, it made, it made everything it made everything right. Yeah. Um, you know, I said you helped with relationship and that was part of this healing as well. When he came back, he was different and it was easier and better. And, you know, so, it's yeah. so important to reconnect and learn with each other again after yes. this kind of a journey. Susie and I have never been better in 28 years of marriage. So, but let's talk about this because not to be sexist, <laughs> but the, they kind of put this out there. They're like, if you're going to do the medicine as a vet, you might want the wife to go first. 
And I didn't understand that. Now I do. So we'll talk through my integration because again, the manual was pretty damn spot on. And so was Cynthia, because when I got back from the medicine, they broke it up into 30, 60, 90. They said the first 30 days. Honeymoon. Yeah. Pink cloud phase. I'm sitting at a stoplight crying because I'm looking at the stoplight because it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I mean, it's just, you know, every thing. I'm I'm out in my backyard staring at the palm tree because I'm like, look at that thing. That's just, you can't, who made that? That's just awesome. So the first 30 days are the honeymoon phase. Yep, exactly. Now the 60 to uh, uh, the the, uh, 30 to 60 was tough because, you know, I'm like, why is there a homeless guy on the exit ramp? Why is there a war? Why isn't everybody happy? Why isn't everybody like this? Why? why? Right. And that that especially was uh, I was asking that on the home front, uh, home front, because God bless Susie. But when I came back from uh, the first trip, we sat on the beach and it was a six hour debrief. And it's because I had my journal. I'm just telling her everything I saw, you know, and she sat there. It's funny looking back in hindsight at that debrief because God love her. She's awesome. But she sat there with this look on her face, like, Oh my God, like what the hell are you talking about? And who are you type of thing? But she just kind of sat there with a smile on her face. Uh But as the, you know, as my integration went on and my wife, God love my wife because 99.9% of her trauma and crap is whiz induced. It's my fault. So She's a great woman, but, you know, kind of through my integration, I'm like, hey, man, I'm a clean piece of paper. I am scrubbed. I am healed. God forgave me for everything. And she's like, well, yay for you. <laughs> you know, right. what about, uh, you know, me? So we did have some problems in, in the integration because I was just like, hey, man, I, we're, we, we're not on the same frequency. Uh, I, I can't. Everything you're still holding on to is it's it's pulling me back. I can't go back to being that guy. That's not me. So God, God again works. And she said, All right, well, I'm, then maybe I should step into the medicine. Uh-huh. So she went down to the mission within uh, and did the medicine with a, a couple Navy SEAL wives and uh, and some uh, special operators wives. Uh, but uh, they did they do a little MDMA appetizer and then they do a psilocybin journey. Okay. which was about six hours. And then they do the the five MEO DMT on, on the following day. And she came back and uh, boom, that, that, that was definitely a, uh, that's exactly what the doctor or God ordered. Cause that's what we needed. So just know with the medicine work, um, the, the other person uh, is, is going to come back, could potentially, I'm not guaranteeing, could come back different. Uh, and y- you need to be, uh, aware of that. So, you know, going forward, if somebody is going to do the medicine that, you know, I, the mission within kind of had that in the manual, like, Hey, give this, these couple pages to your spouse or your boyfriend, okay. girlfriend, significant other. And that that's, that's critical because again, you know, Susie looked like a, a caveman staring at a wristwatch when I was talking to her, she's like, uh, what the hell are you talking about? And now she's doing her being true to you training and she gets it right. So there is a little, let me finish the integration 30, you know, zero to 30 honeymoon, pink cloud, 30 to 60 can be a little, little heavy 60 to 90. I found my happy place. I found the the cruise altitude, but again, this goes back to the point that this is serious work. Mm-hmm. This is not, 
I went to Mexico this next weekend and everything's great when I get back. If you fall back into old habits, old patterns, old stuff, it, it's go, you're going to have a tough time. Um, thankfully, medicine, medicine doesn't fix you. It shows you where your work is and it gives you just a little space to start it. And Correct. so if you don't actually go in and start doing your work, then your, your medicine journey becomes just this amazing thing you did once instead exactly. of a thing that the can actually develop and change your life. Exactly. I love it. I, I, it, that's a great analogy. I, uh, let me add to that. Doing the Ibogaine was me walking out of a pit up to the top of a hill where I opened a door, the medicine opened a door, right? And I got to see through that door, like how, how truth and how everything could be. You yeah. got to make a choice. The medicine gets you to that point, opens the door. If you walk through, you got work to do. If you shut the door, it's, it's all going to be for naught. If you shut the door and kind of go back to what you're doing, you might even go lower than what you were doing. So it's not to be taken lightly. Uh, but to your point, man, once you open up that door, you have work to do. The medicine got you there and put, shined a big spotlight on some stuff that you're, you're going to have to put some, some work into. Now, I'm not going to say it's it's hard work or, uh, you know, it, if, if, if that's work, getting better and, and being a better husband, being a better father, being a better human, sign me up to do that work the rest of my life. Right. right. That's I use the word work as in it's the opposite of easy, as in not work like, hey, I just took this Ibogaine and I'm a better human being. That ain't going to happen, man. Um, so uh, but yeah, so the Ibogaine incredible experience i got to experience uh just decades of healing when i i encountered my sister monica appeared to me uh and she was angelic she was beautiful she was happy and then my father appeared and i couldn't i couldn't remember you know the last time i had seen my father smile like happy and he was perfect and they were together and uh i was i was at peace and then they started to you know pixelate's a bad word but they started to go away and it was a horror. I was yelling. I'm like, don't leave me again. Where are you going? Uh -huh. And then on the medicine, if you don't get something, the medicine does not move on until you get it. Right. They came back. And this time I, I, the, the, we, we were all together and they looked at me. And then as they started to go away this time, I actually followed them and they went into everything. They went into Keely, my daughter. They went into me. They went into the sunset. They went into the snow. And I was at peace. My sister and my father never left. And they're here right now. They're here on this podcast. They're here with me. Um, and it's just, it was, it was incredible healing. Um, eight, 10, 15 hours, whatever it was, I was one with spirit and God. I looked at things in my life. I got answers. It was just, it was absolutely incredible. Now, let me tell you <clears throat> that JT Marcus over across the room, it sounded like they were, you know, getting cut in half by a saw. They were purging. They were, I was like, Oh my God, not the same experience. <laughs> no. And I remember lying there. Uh, and I remember, you know, I'm an aviator and those are the ground guys, right? I'm like, I got to help them. I right. have to help them. I wanted to, but I couldn't move. I mean, I literally, I felt like I was under 8,000 weighted blankets, man. I'm like, I, I wanted to help, 
And this was a really cool moment because I'm like, and I tried to send, I remember like sending them energy and I've never done that in my life. I'm like, that sounds dumb. I'm like, I need to, send them, <laughs> I need to send them like love. I need to help. Yep. And this was so cool because God source, truth, divine, whatever word you want to put in there. I prefer the word God, but God grabbed me or gently looked at me and said, Matthew, I have them. Trust me. They're getting exactly what they need. Let's worry about you, son. And he gently, and we started to go, we started to go and I'm like, no, 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 but, but let me help them. And it was a very gentle. He's like, Matthew, trust me, son. I have them. And I'm like, all right, God, let's go. And then we went. So it was, it was so incredible. I was so spirit, but it was funny because I'm lying there, you know, Marcus is purging again. And I remember asking God in the middle of the lessons I'm seeing like, Hey man, are you going to, am I going to get like punched in the face at the end of this thing? And I'm going to purge too, or get sick. Are are you going to spring this on me? I never, (laughs) you know, I never, I'm like, is this the end? Is it going to be the end when you hit me? And no, I just, some people, you know, we were just talking on uh, the Max Afterburner podcast with Bart. Bart's like, it was literally energy. He's like, bro, I saw evil in me. I saw alcohol or drugs and it came up and then it was gone. I'm like, dude, that's when you were purging. He's like, I don't even remember purging. All I remember is energy leaving me and feeling completely cleansed and new. So if you. Just for a second. Um, But one thing I remember you saying before is that, of course, like the next day when you guys were all talking and debriefing there, they told you that even though it sounded like H really, really bad, it really was. They confirmed to you that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. So the next day. I got 10, 12 hours with, with God, family, truth. I got ants. I saw the unit. It was incredible. And you're right. Those guys sounded like they just went, they were in combat. Yeah. And the next day, Marcus is like, all right, when do we come back and doing this? I'm like, are you kidding me, man? Was that you upstairs getting your ass kicked? He's like, never felt better, man. When are we doing this again, man? And, uh, (laughs) you know, and I remember telling them, I'm like, I think I'm good. I got exactly what I needed. I'm not going to tempt fate. You know, I think I, I got what I need. You know, I'll, I'll come and hold space for you guys if you do it again. Um, because there is, there's a lot of medicine sayings that I didn't believe before I did the medicine. And now they're completely true. One of them is the medicine gives you what you need, not what you want. Yeah. Uh, and, and people really need that. That is a, that's a, that's a, that's a big one. That's like a medicine guiding precept. You're going to get, uh, what you need. Uh, and that might not be what you want, <laughs> which is, uh, w- w- which can battle. Yeah. This right. is something that I hear in a lot of people that, that I've done this with and worked with is, is, um, they expect something from outside to come in. But when you take that medicine in, it is so intensely personal because it's coming out of you. Correct. You, you are understanding yeah what you need so um yeah. even the scary stuff that's that's all you so that correct that idea that something outside so i could i could have explained to you your exact journey start to finish i could have told you exactly what you were going through and until you went through it it wouldn't have made even exactly. a little bit of sense because yeah. i could have said oh you're going to talk to your dad you're going to do this you're going to do exactly that. Yeah. And 
And but you go like, oh yeah, what? But then when you get in there, that the personal, the the yes. absolute, it's all me. Yeah. There's nothing else out there. So it's me dealing with me. That yeah. that was the point that that just so utterly took me apart and brought me back together in that moment. I love it. That that's so that's so well put. I remember the the second time I did the Ibogaine with the No Fallen Heroes guys. I'm lying there, and it just really hit me the incredible, the beautiful. Who, who like put this together? Like this whole symphony, and it was made just for me. It was funny because I told the the director guy or their producer, I'm like, the production values in this thing were awesome. I mean, the way it was, you know, but I sat there, I'm like, this was me. This was, I believe it was God, you know, obviously, but this whole, I, I, I jokingly wrote down in my journal, I'm like, there's a reason a journey's not like, take a pill, you love your wife, go home and it's over. There's right. a reason why this was, it was almost like a court case for me. It was like a law, you know, here's the evidence, Here, you know, here's the intro, here's the evidence, here's the arguments and here's the close and here's the victory. It was this incredible symphony of, of everything. And it was so well put together, but to your part, uh, to your point, uh, Herb, I, I sometimes hesitate to talk like this, right? Because just like yours, everybody's journey is incredibly there. Here's what's interesting is most of the intros to the medicine, almost everybody gets the same brief. Like I, when I got back, I told Susie, I'm like, we're done traveling. She's like, why? I'm like, I've been everywhere. <laughs> I saw everything, everything on this planet. And it's so funny to listen to me talk like that. I'm like, that dude sounds high. I actually saw everything when the uh, whatever that uh, the new telescope that's out there that just saw, you know, the 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 furthest galaxy, you know, type of thing. And here are the images. I'm like, I was there. I saw that I was absolutely there. So it's interesting that the medicine gives everybody kind of a little bit of a I almost break it up into halves like everybody kind of gets a similar intro, which is incredible to think about on its own that the medicine gives everybody an intro like hey here's your brief and then everybody kinds of goes on their journey right which was made exactly for them bart talking about his grandma and seeing his mom i mean it's just it's it's incredible but bart did the same thing he's like dude i got a total tour of everything you know i was an eagle i was this i was it's really cool that there's a uniform kind of intro and then everybody kind of departs in their own airplane um, but the, it's interesting because the way they explained it, you know, especially with Marcus and those guys just getting their butts kicked, uh, and me lying there in heaven for 10 hours, mm-hmm. the way they sold us or me on the five MEO was, Hey, this is the icing on the cake. You know, the Ibogaine, you know, that was heavy lifting and real, really hard work. And I'm like, uh, no, it wasn't, but the five MEO, man, it's, it's awesome. It's icing on the cake. So in my 54 years on this planet, I think I've, I've done a flip three times, twice into a pool when I was a kid. I landed on my back and I cried. Uh-huh. And the other time was on a bed in Mexico. I did a flip. <laughs> it was an exorcism, uh, my 5-MEO experience. Um, and it's so, it's so tough to explain. What, what's that word? Ineffable? Ineffable? I, I, you can't describe it, right? So the best analogy I can use is if you took a, 
you took a caveman, you put him in a time machine and you dropped him off in Times Square for an hour. Mm -hmm. Then you brought him back to his cave. There's no way on God's green earth. First of all, he has the vocabulary to explain. He just knows something incredible happened. And I can't even. Yes. And of course, everybody else is going to look at him like he's crazy. So I'm that caveman because on the five MEO. When I took, you know, we do a little bit of a handshake to to acclimate your body uh, to what the five MEO is. Uh, and when I, you know, I took the longer inhale of the five MEO and counted to 10 or, you know, whatever it was. And three. I think I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got the five. And yeah. So, you know, I sit there with the eye shades on the forehead and as, as you're counting down, they just kind of slide the eye shades down and kind of gently lower you back into the bed. And as they lowered me back into the bed, there wasn't a bed and I just kept going. And it was, uh, I instantaneously exploded into love, light, uh, energy forever. It was absolute bliss. I can't even, it's, it's indescribable. Yeah. Um, everything all at once that ever has happened in your entire life. And you, it, you just can't believe that your body is capable of holding that many feelings, that expressive wow. all at Correct. once. But at the yep. same time for me, that was like a split second. And then I was just, I would say unconscious. I, I had a, I had a sensation of them doing something to my body because uh -huh. they had to roll me over, but uh -huh. it was just this boom. And I was just yep. gone. Yeah. But yeah, that yeah, yeah. brief second of everything, everything, correct. Everything. So, and, and you know, our, our director of medicine operations at no fallen heroes, Nicole Fox always gives me a sharp elbow when I say this, because she's like, we got to work on your vocabulary. <laughs> right. I died. And that freaks people the hell out. It shouldn't. Because, and I'll clean it up a little bit. It was ego death. Mm -hmm. I, everything but my, what was born on this planet was soul. I, I, I came back to who I was. Absolute ego death. Now, you don't want to hear a pilot say, I have no fear of death. That's kind of creepy. <laughs> but let, let me clean that up too. I want to live a long time. I want to see my grandkids. I, I love myself. You know, so I, I don't, but here's what I'm saying. I know exactly what's going to happen when I take my last breath. And I experienced that. Um, I tell people it's like, you know, uh, in Star Wars, when they jump, jump to hyperspace in the Millennium Falcon, right. do that times a, a kabillion, and it's still not even explaining it. So when I became one with everything, and here's, this also helped me heal from my, my sister and my father's deaths. Because, you know, I'd be sitting here, you know, meditating or whatever, just sitting on the beach or something like that. And every once in a while, I'd go, are they bored in heaven? Like, do they have a sense of time? Like, is my sister like, you know, I'm just, I'm hanging out waiting for you guys. I got the answer yeah. because I experienced forever. I absolutely felt forever. And it was now there is no past. And there is no, there was only now when I experienced oneness with God, with truth, source, divine, it was forever and it was now. Yeah. So I do not believe in any construct anymore of time. I get it. I got to go to dinner tonight at eight. You know, we got, you know, human time, but I got to experience absolute forever. And it gave me peace. Now, 
my problem <laughs> was uh -huh. the was the Apollo 13 moment, my re-entry. Uh-huh. So God, and and I don't want to offend people, right? Because I think on one webinar I told people, I'm like, I became one with God, or I I I maybe I dropped the the with and I'm like, I became God and somebody freaked the hell out. I'm like, ooh, I didn't mean it, you can't we're all a part of God, right? I became one with, I, I felt oneness. There was no ego. If no offense, if you believe that your God is a dude with a beard and a white robe sitting on a throne, that's not what I experienced. That's just not, God is everything and love and consciousness all together, right? So when I say I became one with God, I'm not blaspheming or anything. I'm pretty sure the God that I experienced was thrilled that I finally got to recognize that I am one with God. I've never been more spiritual. So <clears throat> God, hanging out with God was pretty damn cool forever. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. But God's like, hey, man, now do you see? Can you be a better husband, father, human? Can you help people heal? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm on it. He's like, well, then you got to go back, dude. You This ain't, it ain't your time. Right. So I remember trying to come back, so to speak. Uh -huh. And I couldn't, I, to your point, Herb, I, I literally feel like I, ex everything exploded. The cosmic dust that I am became, I still had a, I still had a me. There was an I, but I was part of everything. Mm -hmm. You still had some sense of I'm an individual soul, but I am every soul. So it was really cool. But all that cosmic dust coming back together and having to come back into this shell this imperfect shell. And apparently there was still some, I remember trying to like get back and I could feel it. I'm like, there's still some regret or she, you're still not believing. Maybe there's some shame or regret or crap. Right. And I remember the first one, uh, I, I, it was like, I was trying to force myself back into this thing. And I yelled at the top of my life. The last time I yelled like that was when I got the phone call about my dad. I yelled at the top of my lungs. Mm -hmm. And I, I came in, I, I fit a little bit and it needed like one more, one more. And I remember the beginning of this one, I started to yell louder and longer. And then I don't remember anything other than opening my eyes and looking. And there was Doc and Cynthia and Marcus crying and looking like they saw a ghost and i'm like hey guys you okay <laughs> and they're like uh yeah so apparently what happened when i at the top of that second yell so before that so cynthia said she's only seen or heard about this or read it in books she's like you were the first <laughs> they said i transcended they said i sat i was in the bed like in a v Right. V shape and my hands and legs were moving in perfect symmetry. I wow. couldn't do that if you paid me. I've, I, there's no way in hell that I did that. I don't believe them. They're full of it. But they're like, <laughs> dude, they need the camera. I need the cat. We didn't have it. That, that's why we started filming. I'm like, oh my God. But no, Cynthia's like, arms and legs were moving in perfect symmetry. You transcended. Yeah. And then you got into the fetal, you got into a tight little ball, man. And you were veins and red and, and the yelling. And she's like, you were born. You look like an infant coming out and wow. being born. 
So at the end of that second yell, they're like, we don't know how you did it, dude. But in the blink of an eye, you you flipped in this bed and landed. And I remember I don't remember this. I don't remember anything violent or anything, folks. I'm, I'm all in here or wherever I was. Yeah. And I remember sitting there or not sitting I, wherever I was. I remember the end of that second yell. And I remember feeling like I, th- I think I fit back in. And then I heard two. I heard a deep breath. And I'm like, well, I didn't do that. And then I heard another deep breath. And I'm like, I definitely didn't do that one. But maybe I should take a deep breath. And I took a deep breath and that's when I opened my eyes and they were all like there. Cause Cynthia, yeah. like after the, the, the flip and everything like that, she just kind of put her hand on me and, and yeah. So she's like, we rarely, you know, we just, you know, usually we don't want to touch or like interfere. She's like, it just looked like you, this is why these guides are so, are she's like, at that time, I just, I, I just leaned close to you and took two deep breaths and wow. I'm like, yay. So <laughs> I'm lying there. I open up my eyes and I've never felt better in my uh, entire life. Um, oops, sorry. The later they told me, you know, Marcus is like, do you remember what you said? Your first couple words? I'm like, nope. They're like, well, one of them was you just looked at us and you said freedom. Uh-huh. He's like, it reminded me of Braveheart. You're like, this is freedom. Uh-huh. And then you said, I can't wait to tell Susie I love her forever because I know what forever is. Uh-huh. Wow. And I, I kind of remember saying that because I remember starting to cry after that. I'm like, I get it. I get what love is. I get what for, I love you forever. It was a throwaway line. It's no longer a throwaway line. I felt forever and I know exactly what that is. Yep. Um, so it's funny because I went second and, you know, they kind of separate you, right? The other guys who haven't gone yet, they, they like hide you in the other area of the house. So you don't hear any of this stuff. Well, they heard me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But JT, uh, JT and one of the other guys were on the second floor underneath me. And like I told you, they sold us on, oh, the five MEOs, the icing on the cake. It's, you know, it's a, a great- walk in. It's a great time. It's a walk in the park. And they're like, dude, all <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, dude, all we heard was you yell at the top of your lungs like you were your head was getting cut off. And then a ruckus. We heard like <laughs> get breaking. So it's funny because I'm walking down the stairs uh-huh. and Cynthia, Cynthia, I guess, is behind me and they're sitting on the couch and I'd look at them and they look like they've seen a ghost. Right. And I'm like, you know, smiling. And I guess Cynthia was behind me going, no, 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 you know, don't tell them anything, you know, like, cause they look terrified. And I'm like, what's up fellas. Yeah. So later we all laughed about it at dinner. They're like, yeah, dude, we're, you're up here yelling and screaming and shit breaking. And you come down the stairs with this like Cheshire cat grin on your face. Like, Hey, I'm fine. And they were terrified. So, you know, important safety tip. Don't judge your you know what the, somebody else is doing because you're going to get exactly uh what you need so that was my my first 5meo experience and it was without a doubt the most powerful you know and i don't want to you know the the one guy from uh, johns hopkins the great i forget his name the, with the glasses and just a great dude who's been in the space he he said you know these experiences most respondents say is is one of the top 5 Mm -hmm. Uh, experiences of their life and i don't want to 
offend Susie or my kids, but I am going to say it's the top because it puts the birth of my children and the marriage to Susie in so much different light. Yeah. So this, this is the red thread that goes through all of them and makes them so significant. So I'd say they're all equally number one. How about that? I'm, I'm not going to number them one through five. They're all number one. And this one, this experience with this medicine okay. makes all of it come together. Yeah. yeah. It's the, it's the Reese's peanut butter cup. Yeah. That clip you're talking about was in the Netflix, um, documentary or the oh, uh, Roland Griffin's uh, Roland yeah. is his name. Yeah. Just yeah. to, he nailed that. Exactly. So I would say that is, it's the number one tied for the birth of the kids and the, uh, and the marriage to Susie, it puts all of it, uh, into perspective. Um, but yeah, and you know, the, the good thing about the medicine work is, you know, whenever you get on an airliner, what do they say? If the cabin depressurizes, put your mask on first before yeah. you can, before you help somebody, you can't help anybody if you're passing out or you're not good. So the, the, the benefit to this medicine work, cause some people are like, uh, you know, do you ever have to do it again? I could have done my first Ibogaine and that five MEO I just debriefed you on. And I'd be, I was good for the rest of my life, yeah. but it's really cool now because as a result of the medicine, I can, I can step outside of me and see when I'm getting, you know, I'm, I'm way older than you guys, but when I grew up, there was a, uh, a child's show called Ultraman. And it was like one of those Japanese, you know, a guy in like a suit beating up Godzilla in a suit. But Ultraman had this this thing on his chest. And when he'd be fighting like evil stuff, that thing would start beeping. It was kind of like his low fuel light or his low life light. And he Ultraman would that thing would have to beep and he'd have to take off and go towards the sun to recharge. Mm -hmm. So the medicine to me has given me the ability when that light starts beeping, I recognize it now and I can this. I can use this as a, a little bit of a tune-up. Old me, that light would be dark and I drink or drugs or do destructive behavior and I'd spiral out of control. So now, uh, because it's funny, people are like, oh, you're going to go do it again? I'm like, once every year is, is a problem for people because it's funny when they're like, it's right. a schedule one drug, like high, high risk of uh, addiction and no therapeutic use. I'm like, doing it once a year is an addiction? Are you insane? So let me give you the definition of high risk of addiction and no therapeutic use. Cigarettes, the most addictive thing on the planet, and they'll kill you. Why aren't cigarettes a schedule one drug exactly. and not Ibogaine? And all? It, it's, it makes me mad. So I bring that up because some people are like, oh, you're going to do the Ibogaine again? I'm like, yeah, I kind of, it. the medicine calls to you. And if I, I recognize my ultralight, uh, you know, ultraman light blinking, I know that it's there. I know that I can get a tune up and go shed some more layers. Cause like Nicole, our, our medicine operations woman says, she's like, you can always go deeper. There's always more layers to go and always uh, more to shed. So thinking about maybe going to uh, doing a one year anniversary uh, in January, actually, cause for the no fallen heroes project, uh, we're taking a couple female fighter pilots. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, down to do the medicine and I might go and either hold space or I might step into the medicine again. So uh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited. And anecdotally, as opposed to the, uh, the addiction aspect of it, um, psychedelics have anti-addictive properties. So if, if you 
start to abuse them, they, they don't work. They will kick you back and, exactly. and they will kick you out. And the medicine will actually say, hey, you need to stop doing this or. Correct. So, yeah. God, it, God is a pretty good pharmacologist. The more psilocybin you do, the less it works. It's anti-addictive. So it's, it's folks, cocaine, you'll do, you know, the lab rats will do until they'll, they'll do over food. The right. psilocybin, the more you do, God's like, no, no, no. The more you do ain't going to make you more. It's actually not going, it's working less. That's why if you microdose, you know, when I microdose psilocybin, I do five on, two off. Mm -hmm. I started in the past month and a half microdosing Iboga. And I do one day on, three days off for mm -hmm. that very reason that you're talking about. So this is anti-addictive, folks. It is not addictive at all. Uh, you can't so overdose. Ready. Iboga microdosing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slider turned me on to it. We have a uh, Trevor gave us the source. So it's a it's a trusted source from Gabon. And it's a good it's a different uh, it's a different level for me than the psilocybin. So I'm 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 trying both uh, to see what works. So folks, the the microdosing, if you're on some Wellbutrin or this from Pfizer or any depressants from that, how about we check in the Mother Earth's pharmacy first before you get hooked on uh, this stuff? I, I you know, I remember this would be way too much information, but years ago I was on whatever one of those antidepressants were. And I went back to the doc. I'm like, I kind of feel uh, average or a little bit better, but something else ain't working in, in another room of the house. And the guy's like, Oh yeah, that's a side effect. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I'm depressed. And then now that, what are you people insane side effect? That's a main effect. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 So I was like, are you nuts? So this, so these plant medicines, folks, you got to trust something that uh, God put on this planet for us to heal and that people have been using for thousands and thousands of years. The fact that Uncle Sam woke up in the 70s and Aha, it's evil and anti-American, that, that, that's changing. We at the No Fallen Heroes Foundation, we're working with other partner, uh, you know, veterans uh, organizations, vets. Veterans Exploring Treatment Solutions, the Heroic Hearts uh, Project. I got to give a shout out to my brother, Justin Lepre yes. over in Austin. Uh, imagine, I, I can't, didn't we fight a war and start this country over like religious freedom? I can't believe that a couple of years ago, Congress had to repass mm -hmm. essentially the Religious Freedom Act. Yeah. Uh, because Justin Lepre uh, from Heroic Path to Light is over in Austin. He had to create a church, an entheogenic church, to be able to do this medicine in the United States. Because before, you know, Oregon or Colorado or Justin in Austin uh, started doing this stuff, we're having we're all having to go to Mexico, right? right. Uh, which isn't cheap to send veterans down there. So why not here? Why not here in Boca? Why can't we have a No Fallen Heroes Foundation Center? Uh, or it's so, so that that's that's part of my mission objective too is to is to get this going, and I, I love the veterans charities and and some of the folks in the space that are going the hey we're going to go to the VA and shake hands we're going to go testify in, in front of Congress, let's attack in parallel. You guys go do that. Mm -hmm. I kind of am of the opinion that a politician and the behemoth known as the VA ain't going to change on their own. Yeah. It's going to have to come from you all from me, from voters going up. The VA is not going to wake up one day and go, maybe we should try. It's going to have to come from us. Mm -hmm. And we got, you know, uh, there's a veteran congressman who is a Navy pilot who's like, well, I, I don't know, you know, kind of a freshman. I don't want to stick my head above the trench and take a controversial position. I'm like, get out of the way. I'll do it. 
right. all controversial position. And unless you, me, Marcus, JT, we're all lying. Yeah. It helped us. Either we're all full of shit and really good crazy. liars or <laughs> it worked. So who are you going to, it just, it maddens me sometimes. I have to go do, do my deep breathing and calm down because it just, it blows me away that in just the hubris of man saying, you can't have that plant. It saved my life and I've never been more spiritual. It's a felony. Let me, let me give you one quick story because you guys will laugh at this. Down here in Broward County, Susie and I are on the Broward Sheriff's Office Advisory Council. So we donate a lot of money and we get a badge, gets us out of speeding tickets sometimes. But um, we're, at a, uh, we're at a new member dinner and Sheriff Tony, uh, the sheriff of Broward County, third largest you know, sheriff's department in the country, like 7,000 air, water, sheriff's, firemen. And uh, he had heard about No Fallen Heroes. And he's like, you know, we're talking, we're talking. He's like, dude, I need this. You know, I got first responders. I got veterans who take off, you know, the national uniform. Now they're with me and they never healed their trauma. How do I do this? And blah, blah, blah. And like halfway through me talking to him, I stop and I'm like, hey, Sheriff, you and I are talking about a felony right now. And he stops and he's like, oh my God, yeah, you're right. All right, but anyway, how do we do this? And, you know, <laughs> I'm like, that's perfect. The yeah, third go. largest, yeah, the third largest uh, sheriff in the country. He's like, yeah, forget about that. Let's, you know, how do I help my people heal? I'm like, bingo. So if, yeah. if you got some sort of stigma that this stuff's illegal, go back about 5,000 years and, you know, laugh a little bit about the illegality of, of a plant that's healing. So I, I also have a lot of friends in, in the industry um, so I have a friend named Dimitri who last week got his first entheogenic church certified in oh, good. Salt Lake City. Salt Lake. So in Perfect. January, I plan on taking a group of men to to work with him at his church. Um, I, I also, love it. I also have a friend um, named Jen who is who opened up an iboga an iboga working with the people in Gabon an iboga clinic in Northern California in a county oh, wow. that legalized it. That legalized so it. I, I have, I'm going to start bringing people again to, to some place that, that they can't afford to go out of the country. I have two places now within the country that I have awesome. access. To Good. So we, we're going to, you know, uh, we're, we're going to look back on these days and kind of laugh. Like, do you remember we were having to sneak to Mexico to do this stuff? It's coming. This is the ground wave. Uh, we're we're kind of at the beginning, right? We're at the front of this wave. But, you know, my kids are going to look back and laugh like you guys actually had to go to a foreign country to do this. I mean, yeah, that, that's how backwards uh, we are. But the cool thing about this, too, speaking about my family is breaking me the, the cycle of generational trauma. Yeah, yes. you know, this this was another one of those kind of fruity medicine sayings. And I'm like, that sounds dumb. Now I believe I had read or Cynthia had told me you can heal three generations on the medicine. Uh -huh. And I read that and I'm like, that makes no sense. On the medicine, I saw my father happy and healed. He yeah. was healed. I am healed. And now the fact, my dad didn't even know what the hell the word meditation meant. The fact that my kids uh -huh. know about mindfulness or my kids know that my dad did this type of medicine to heal some of his stuff is insane. So I know I can be secure that my grandkids, my great-grandchildren, the message will go forth. I broke this cycle 
of generational trauma. And never again will we be stuck in alcohol, drugs, or suicide or depression. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just honored to, God said, hey, man, it's going to be you. Step up and, and do this. And I am so blessed that I happen to want to trade stocks and options. It's like, hmm, who can I learn from? <laughs> Here are this promotion for this guy called Wiz is like military. I like the military. Maybe I'll go check out his briefing. Oh, whoa, this is exactly what I needed. And <laughs> so much more came from that. Your story, it. everything that you've shared with us is so impactful and so amazing. I really, really appreciate your time. Help us um, understand a little bit more about how people can give back to our veterans, give back to you. Tell us a little bit more about No Fallen Heroes mm -hmm. and how people can help get the word out help these um, veterans get to ceremonies that help will heal them. Yeah. And you if a bet. veteran, how can a veteran get a hold of you yeah, or, or find help they need? Yeah. Uh, immediately right off the bat, shoot me an email. If you're a veteran uh, who's going to having a bad time, man, whiz, W-H-I-Z at nofallenheroes.com. I am available. Uh, you are not alone and healing is possible. So reach out to me. Or if you can't get to me, man, and things are really bad, dial 988 988 and press one if you're a veteran that's the national suicide hotline man if you are in a bad way if you're having a dark night of the soul i've been there i've had my dark nights of the soul now there's healing now there's a way uh, so 99 988 press one or shoot me an email whiz at top gun options or whiz at no fallen heroes so you can go to nofallenheroes.com that's our uh about our documentary so we're actually filming all this stuff because with the you know maverick movie that came out this year people are looking at tom cruise and miles teller and fighter pilots and all that's really cool they're actors this is the real story of fighter pilots after we get out of the cockpit with our ptsd and our trauma and what we're doing to heal and we're using these medicines to heal so you can check out nofallenheroes.com and you can check out our trailer now if you want to help and really pitch into the fight head to nofallenheroesfoundation.org Okay. Uh, slash donate if you can and uh and throw a couple shekels at it uh before we get all these entheogenic churches stood up it's about five maybe thousand bucks all in to send a vet to costa rica to to mexico you know airfare hotels the the three four day journey it, it's not cheap folks and for a lot of these veterans you know five thousand bucks you know especially if they're not working or anything like that that's it that is a ton of money and it shouldn't be yeah. healing should be free not should be healing is free so at the no fallen heroes foundation all of our donations go to sending veterans first responders or their their spouses their dependents uh on these entheogenic healing ones and like we just talked about hopefully it'll be in austin or salt lake city or right. california and it doesn't have to be a foreign country i want to do it here in florida we actually have uh, some close friends up outside of titusville uh, outside of rockets where they launch all the rockets it's called finally detached and they do psilocybin journeys here in florida under the sacramento uh banner as well so healing yeah. is possible Did you uh, know that folks. there is one church down in florida that does ayahuasca journeys as well um mm -hmm. i don't have the name off the top of my head that kind of stuff doesn't stick but i can yeah. tell Put yeah, yeah 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 uh, so uh if you get a chance also watch the documentary from shock to awe it's a uh, it's on Netflix, I think. Just Google it or, or search it from shock to awe. It's about a couple of veterans who go through uh, a place up in Orlando. They do an ayahuasca uh, ceremony and it's it's pretty well done. But we should we're still in production in our 
uh, documentary, No Fallen Heroes, hopefully it'll come out in the spring of, uh, of next year. Cause we, okay. like I said, we're going down in January to shoot female fighter pilots uh, and their healing. And you're going to be really blown away uh, by their experiences. Um, but like I said, always want to promote my sister foundations as well. Vets, Veterans Exploring Treatment Solutions, and also Heroic Hearts Project, and then Heroic Path to Light, which is in Austin, Texas. That's the uh, entheogenic uh, uh, church as well. Perfect. And, you know, we've been talking about veterans and everything, first responders, but this is also for the normal guy, like yes. this guy traumatic injury, someone who needed some help, even because regular things just weren't working. So reach out, you know, even if you're not a veteran, you can even reach out and somehow we'll get you the information to help out as well. Contact Herb and I, please, because we want to help as many people as possible get past this PTSD, past the brain traumas, past the depression, everything that's hurting our society yeah, right now. Correct. I'm so glad that's you brought that up. I'm so glad you brought that up because, um, you know, people reach out on Instagram like, oh, you know, you need to help people other than veterans. Trust folks. This is this is for everybody. Right. The let, let me read you this quote real quick from Thich, Thich Nhat Hanh, the Buddhist monk. Veterans are the light at the tip of the candle, illuminating the way for the whole nation. If veterans can achieve awareness, transformation, understanding and peace. They can share with the rest of society the realities of war, and they can teach us how to make peace with ourselves and each other so we never have to use violence to resolve conflicts again. So the No Fallen Heroes Foundation, you know, helping veterans, first responders, and their families, we want to help everybody, mm-hmm. civilians as well. Healing is possible. It should be available to everybody, not just veterans. So our foundation is focusing on veterans, but we want to help everybody, obviously. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us today, for sharing all of this. It has been so awesome and amazing. And don't forget, bringing education home is not just about education. It's also about entrepreneurship, which we just heard from a great entrepreneur and relationships, how to help heal relationships around the world. Thank you, Wiz, so much for your time today. And yeah, thank you so very much again. Personally, you help you help bring about the changes that help save my life. So thank you so very much for being you here. You got it. I love you guys. Thanks for having me. And I'm gonna have you on the Max Afterburner podcast as well. We'll 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 get that scheduled. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Wes. All right, guys. God bless. I'll see you.